Welcome to the EDU Podcast, where Rob and Gary talk and drink with your favorite photographers. So grab yourself a cold sarsaparilla and saddle up. All right, we are back at it again with the podcast. This time we are in the car on our way to Gilligan's, joined with Rob Temko. Hello, Rob Temko. Hello, how are you? And we also have Robertus Grimas. I am here again. Right next to us. We're Always. We're maximizing the hour and 45-minute drive to Gilligan's. By doing a mobile podcast. Yeah. So if you hear bumping and banging and wind noises and cars honking, you'll know that it's because we're on the windy roads in Puerto Rico. Yes. So Rob Temko has been um, a friend of ours now for a few years. Uh, We actually met Rob online and uh, then met him in person in the Bahamas. Rob, why don't you, uh, let's start with that story. Tell us, tell us how you came to into our lives. So I saw a contest on F-Stoppers that said, win a trip to the Bahamas. And you just had to make a couple of videos. And I said, I've never lost a contest that I had to make things for. Nice. <laughs> and so I. So uh, you were cocky about this. Yeah, I was real Was cocky this also the first contest you've ever Pretty done? much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, spent my resources those next couple days and made a couple videos and won the contest and yeah. met you guys in the Bahamas. You know, I was actually surprised for as big of a prize as, as that was. Yeah. Um, not a lot of people entered. You know, there was, there was like Which maybe is Gary's telling 15. you you won because you were the only No, there was like there was a <laughs> solid 15 people um, that made like one video, but Rob went full on and made like a bunch of great seven ones. Seven great ones. Yeah. You were like in the rain outside. I was. Yeah. I need help. I was at the brewery. <laughs> yeah. At, he went to a brewery. So um, I got people to vouch for me. My wife made a video. Yeah. So that was actually a, a few companies uh, sponsored that, one of which is Flurn. And actually, Aaron Nace is actually sitting right next to us. He's going to be on the next podcast. But one of those companies was Flurn. The other one was uh, Michael Greco. Yeah. And then Dixie it was Dixon. R- Dixie Dixon and I think RGG Edu. Yeah. And those four came together to. Uh, oh no, it was Lens Reynolds too. Lens Reynolds. Yeah. Chase. Um, everyone took a, a different kind of cost associated with uh, those fees, and we had a big contest. So then yeah. we met Rob in the Bahamas. And uh, how many classes did you take down there? I think like two or three. Yeah, yeah. I took Aaron's. I took you, uh, Rob's. Yeah, which is interesting that you took took my my workshop, considering the work that you do, which we need to talk about in a bit. But yeah, uh, so I took Rob's. I took Aaron's, and then I took Dixie Dixon's. Yeah. You had to take I think, uh, Dixie yeah, Dixon's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, those other classes weren't. Uh, it was a no go. Yeah, it was a no go. Right. So what, what did you learn? So d- you started shooting food and beverage a little bit afterwards, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So I started shooting product right after. So I took Rob's product photography class and said, yeah. well, I could do this and make money at it. It would be easy. <laughs> <laughs> because I taught you so well and you said product is so simple. Anybody could do that shit. But it wasn't. But like a month later, I got my like biggest product job after after that. So uh, Did you have any work going into it? Or? No, I, I really didn't do product work before I took the class at all. I just had no interest in it at all. But I was like, hey, this is cool. I can goof around with this. And started goofing around on my own and then showed some people. I did some... Um, uh, don't tell any other photographers, but I did some free work for a, a brewery. <laughs> and uh, one of the guys, I was sitting at the brewery, and one of the guys says, oh, I wonder who does these photos. And I said, I do. And he says, well, I run a high-end audio equipment company in town. Do you want to do the product photography for that? I said, yeah, sure. 
So you're just sitting around drinking. Pretty much. That's pretty networking. much how I get. That's how you life. get most of your clients. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I get all of my clients. Yeah. yeah. You know what? A lot of our audience might not know you or your work. So why don't okay. we back up a little bit? Tell us about you, because you're not just a photographer. You have a pretty interesting life. Right. Um, and give us a sense of right. your style, what it is you photograph, and how you're drawn to it. Right. So, uh, so yeah, it's kind of split. Uh, 60 40. I do some consulting for the government, right. which I can't really talk about. And then I also do commercial photography, and I do everything from um, uh, a lot of endurance sports companies, a lot of product stuff, some male fashion, um, just basically things like that. Um, yeah, that's kind of how it's split. And then on the personal side, I'm a huge fan of photography uh, all the way back from the masters, Robert Frank and Gordon Parks and all those guys. So uh, I do that. And then I also do a ton of nude and erotic photography as well. I Which, think I think a lot of people know you for the latter. Probably, yeah, that, probably yeah. not. Which is interesting because you, you really combine a lot of the processes that you've seen the masters do in your new neurotic photography. It's yeah. a, it almost has the like street quality of like Gary Winogrand, but it's um, you do have Robert Frank and a lot of other people you can see those influences in. How'd you kind of get, get started in that? Um, I'm a huge photo book collector. Yeah. I have probably almost a thousand photo books. Awesome. And I just awesome. look through photo books every day, uh, all day. Um, that and taking workshops in a different way so i'd say the biggest influence on like and this is he may yell at me for saying this but the biggest influence on like my nude and erotic photography is probably peter hurley seriously wait that is such a departure i would never expect you to say the king of headshots right the biggest influence on is it the way he talks to the subject so i'm friends with peter but i also have taken his workshop years ago and i'd say it's probably one of the better workshops for interacting with people yeah and that's it it has nothing to do with technique nothing to do with anything tech my personal work has no technique i shoot with a two dollar and fifty cent film camera that unfortunately broke on this trip but (laughs) uh that's pretty much what i shoot with but it's all about the interaction with who i'm who i'm shooting yeah so i don't do a lot of like model posy and people that i don't know it's mainly friends and people that i'm uh really close with but so what were, what were your big takeaways from Peter Hurley that really influenced you in the relationships you build with your subjects I learn more by watching other people work so the, the way workshops work you have 50% of the people that I think like to go out there and they want to like shoot 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 and then you have 50% of the people that want to sit in a classroom and watch somebody else do something I'm like an observer so I like watching how Peter interacts with people and he could take a stranger off the street and in 10 minutes have the best photo that strangers ever had. I mean, you could pick the, yeah. the ugliest person on the right. street and he's going to take an amazing photo. I think part photo. of it is because he's so fearless. Right? And it he, has nothing to... Yeah. yeah. He's fearless. He will talk with anybody. He will engage with anybody. Yep. And he's... Super confident. Um, he's confident and he also wants to rile them up and like get them to come out of their shell. Yeah. Didn't he just publish the Hurleyisms? Did you see that? He d- I did he, not he, see he's it. He's publishing yeah. a, a video. Um, I don't know if you if you buy it or if it's free, but there's Hurleyisms online and all the lines that he uses to talk to people because it's all about that communication. I, I've stolen That's a couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> Can you say which ones they are? No. 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 They're not appropriate. They're not appropriate. Um, so let's go back to, um, can you talk about kind of how you got into what you do now? I think that's an interesting story. Um, totally unrelated to photography, but it led you down the, the path to photography. So like dating back way back dating back to the story you told me the other night starting at like 15 or 16 okay so i was working at kmart i was a security guard at kmart and at 15 years old you were a security (laughs) guard i'm a little concerned about the hiring did you have a weapon at 17 years old i was a security guard at kmart at 15 years old i was a, a, a clerk at a convenience store 
and then I worked at Kmart. But I was really into computers, like really, really into it. It was yeah. kind of my passion. And uh, I had written up a couple of white papers on how to do a couple things, and some random guy on the internet, and this was 1990-whatever, we forget those years, Yeah. Um, <laughs> emailed me and said, hey, I'm ha having some problems. Could you help me out with this white paper that you wrote and kind of walk me through it? And so I kind of became friends with this guy a little bit, and he's like, hey, what are you doing for work? I said, well, I security guy at Kmart. He goes, what do you want to come and, you know, I have a small consulting company in Manhattan doing IT security and, and IT consulting. Do you want a job there? And I said, yeah, sure. So I was supposed to major in music performance in college. And I said, I'm going to just hold off a year. I'm supposed to play the tuba. Tuba. Yeah. The tuba. Yeah. The tuba. yeah. You were going to major in tuba. I was going to major in the tuba. The surprises of Rob Timko never stopped coming. I know, right? This, this is that's why I wanted him to go. That's why I wanted him to go through this. So I uh, started walk, working for the small consulting company in Manhattan. I was commuting in probably forty-five minutes to an hour, and uh, you know, working right after high school. Like I'd get out of high school at twelve, hop on the train, go work for two hours, and then uh, spend most of my time commuting back and forth to Manhattan. Wow. But after working the summer, I started working there full time, and they were like, "Hey, if we bring you on full time, I'll pay for school and take a couple classes at the Fry and." That was pretty much that, how I got into IT consulting. Um, started working for Dow Jones Wall Street Journal. And um, are you shooting photography all throughout this time period? I'm shooting photography in an interesting way. So not with a photographic eye, just to document things. So on September 11th, I took my first digital photo ever from wow. One Penn Plaza at the Burning Towers. A coworker had a camera and was like, hey, this is my new camera. And we were all in a meeting in the morning. And uh, I said, hey, let me see that thing. I always shot with disposables and film cam. My dad always had a camera growing so up. So you, you had a camera when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing around with it. So it oh, really yeah. wasn't 9-11, wasn't your fir first time? My first digital photo. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, oh, man, this digital stuff's kind of cool. Let me, you know, take take a photo with this digital. Looked out the window, and the towers were burning. I said, oh, a commuter plane or a helicopter must have hit the Twin Towers. That's kind of neat to take a photo. Snapped a photo, and then went out to our meeting, and then the rest of the day kind of unfolded from there. A um, couple days later, um, I was uh, one of the clients was an engineering firm that did some uh, engineering for cranes and whatnot in the Verizon building. They said, hey, would you want to come tour Ground Zero? Um, we need another guy there. And I said, sure. And so I went out and bought that exact camera that my coworker had bought because I needed a digital camera. Right. And so those were my first digital photographs were of Ground Zero 9-11. Um, I was about three feet from George Bush. Wow. Um, yeah. How did you get that close? Yeah. How did you get such We had access? engineering access. We had uh, access through the engineering company. So um, were you there to document for the engineering company? Yeah. Yeah. For the okay. most part. Yeah. That's insane. That's incredible. So those are my first digital photos. And then it, from there, it was just kind of photography was always secondary to what I was into. So I was really into like custom motorcycles for a while. Yeah. And then it was always just photographing. Yeah, I was going to ask about about the early stuff that you had done as a kid because yeah. you grew up in the motorcycle culture yep. and you had your dad's cameras. What were you what were you photographing as a kid? Were you documenting that life? Yeah, that's pretty much it, but unknowingly, like not with a purpose or anything like that. Just like, hey, this is cool. Somebody should take a photo of it. Um, kind of right. like, you know, on this trip. That's kind of how I always photograph. You've been photobombing everyone. I've been, yeah. yeah. I'm really bad about yeah. it. <laughs> it's like me and the, the Instax with Rob. I do that too. Oh. <laughs> That's all I can say is all. There's, <laughs> there's at least 45 really just solid Instax on the wall of just Rob just getting, getting Rob Grimm. I love Instax. I shoot it a lot. Yeah. See, I, I, I kind of feel like the influence of your childhood 
yeah. is what is coming through in your more erotic stuff now. It's that little moment, that that almost unpredictable but just captured moment. I would say that, and also I've always been attracted to kind of the underbelly of things, whatever it is. So if it's motorcycles, I'm not interested in like mainstream motorcycles. I want to go to like the one percenter motorcycle clubs, and that's a little gritty, and it's a little controversial, and it's a little, right. it's more interesting to me. Same thing with, I mean, even when I played music and instruments, like who plays the tuba? Like, yeah, who does play the tuba? How did you get the tuba? <laughs> I have no idea. You just gravitated. I had a very influential the music teacher. Chose you. <laughs> what kind of songs do you play on the tuba? Ah, oh, Philip Sousa songs, man. <laughs> <laughs> do you still play? No, I haven't played since then. Uh, oh, yeah, man, no. I haven't played. Because that would be an awesome image of Rob just walking around his house in Boulder, his yard in Boulder with a tuba. I can't get it out of my head. It would be amazing. <laughs> All right, so fast forward to Boulder now. Right. Um, you have an interesting social media presence online. Um, talk to me about that that piece you made from all the hate mail you get. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Right. So I really don't post a lot of images that I take on the Internet. The ones that I do are usually the controversial ones that are I kind of do purposely because it's kind of polarizing and I kind of like that a little bit. So I kind of ask for a lot. You're of looking it, to right? stir the soup is basically the deal. <laughs> not, not, when you say it like that, no. Okay. But like nobody's interested in my commercial photography. Let, let me see this. You're interested in provocation and conversation. Conversation. Rather, rather than, right. I shouldn't say stirring right, right, the soup. Right. That's, the, that's the wrong. Right. But, but you're interested in, in sparking conversation. Right. And certain images that I take, they're not good for posting on like Instagram because I like taking series of photos so I'll take like a series of 10 photos and the presenting them online is just not a I like to make zines I like to make books I make to, like to do that so yeah I post mostly just the erotic stuff on the internet um, so I get a lot of hate mail um, which is strange to me yeah why do you think people have such a visceral reaction to your work like why why probably such because i'm reaction? such a sucker and i engage a lot <laughs> <laughs> you're beta out of everyone right. i see engaged online i always see you commenting the yeah most. i'm just like oh yeah it's really bad it's, i need to like fun to watch off. it's like a car wreck you know you gotta slow down to watch <laughs> <laughs> so i started getting i had a stalker that would send me like a thousand word essay every friday night at midnight uh just like crazy hate mail like, every fr- this was a regular it was almost calculated yeah i mean i've had a couple but yeah this was this was just one person who i'm, ass- I'm assuming it's a guy um send me like you know these diatribes of like and what would he tell you oh all kinds of crazy stuff like i'm a you know, i'm just a horrible photographer and i take photos that look like iphone photos and uh you know i mean it would get really personal like he would start taking cracks on my wife and start getting cracks at like my kid and what? yeah so but some of them were really funny it's like you just read them and uh it was they were just comical like you you take photos that look like girls boyfriends take with their iphones it's gross and you take advantage of people and all this stuff so i started collecting them just screenshot i initially started screenshotting them because i started getting a little frightened like hey this this person is really invested in my, my life right um, has so it I ever s- made your wife nervous not really okay not really um yeah no not really surprisingly maybe it's her <laughs> she's your stalker <laughs> she's trying to get to another side of you without actually you know yeah. you know so I started collecting those um, hate mails and said, "This would be, I need to do something with it. I can't just like keep them in a, fo- in a folder, and I'm not just going to kind of ignore them. So I kind of put it out on Front Street and just kind of paired them up with the dirtiest photos I could possibly take with the <laughs> cheapest camera I could right. take. So I went out and bought a $1.95 thrift store camera and just shot this project and paired it with all the hate mail quotes and made a zine. Didn't 
you know, made like a hundred copies and sold them out in a couple days and was surprised about that. And that was that and kind of put that to bed. And then since then I haven't really gotten any hate mail. So, really? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Cause that, it was great for that, that uh, piece. It was really a powerful zine. I, like I mean, that. if I, I still collect them, if I get enough, I'll do version two. All right. It's funny that those people choose it to send that hate mail. It's just what, just unfollow. Like, why do you have to take it a know. step further and, why are you even following me? I probably get a good amount of mail. I, I don't know compared any, to other any people. handwritten? No, no handwritten. That would that's, be really that's creepy. Like, that's real creepy. But I'll Next get like level. emails and messages and private messages on Instagram. And I'd say all of the anonymous ones are obviously the hate mail ones. And all the ones that aren't anonymous are women. And it's always compliments. I never get a compliment from a guy. It's always women. That's you, you get the occasional person that thinks you're a model too, right? I do, yeah. I just <laughs> sent him a photo hilarious. of my... Yeah, I just sent him a lewd <laughs> photo. <laughs> uh, so you published an article a little bit ago that I think you reached out to other models. And yeah. you published kind of an article from the viewpoint of how to get people comfortable, how to get people to pose. Can you kind of go over that? Right. So I kept getting from men, uh, how do I get women naked or how do I get them to do certain things? <laughs> it's like it's the craziest question to ask somebody. Like, how do you, like, I don't know. Do you have a girlfriend? Like, well, it's how do coming you get out and being them? completely pervy. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's just yeah, straight really up pervy. It just creeped me out. And so I said, I'm not going to answer this. I just sent the question out to like six of my closest girlfriends who I photographed before. And I said, could you answer this for me? And they kind of went through, and then some of them were very funny, and some of them were uh, pretty serious. Um, and it was all about had I, I don't think it's what the photographers who were asking about expected. Um, there's no you, you just don't convince no, somebody to do no something equation. they don't want to do. Right. You're there's not no going to make good photos if you try to convince somebody to do something they don't want to do. No, they have to be it's comfortable. Not, is yeah. it it's, creating not a, it's not a lighting ratio. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> it's not a power setting. It's a comfort setting. Right. So I just had them kind of go through it, and yeah, put it up there. It's received some pretty good feedback and this is on your blog if people want to read it or where is it at? yeah it's rob timko on i'm rob timko on everything rob timko on everything everything r-o-b-t-i-m-k-o-o-n-e-v-e-r-y no 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 just rob timko <laughs> <laughs> i've had my coffee but rob is literally on everything all the time <laughs> You know, one of the things I'm kind of interested in is, is the thought process you have, like wh what it is that you're seeing um, in your mind's eye when you're taking pictures. Because my, my thought process is so different since I'm in a studio, I'm very analytical. And when you're, you're your stuff is very, it's almost found. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you're kind of creating those moments. What, what are you thinking about in terms of composition? What are you looking for through your lens? I would say it's half and half. I want to... The model posy stuff is great, and I, it's hard to get away from because I shoot a lot of commercial work. So telling somebody to pose is what I do for a paycheck. When I take photos for personal work, I don't want to do that. Like I just want it to be a little bit more organic. I want it to be a little natural. That's why I shoot with such a small film camera. I don't want to look at the back of the camera. I don't want people to look at the back of the camera. So most of it's just all candid and it's kind of just documenting what's going on at the moment. I mean, we're having a pretty good time in Puerto Rico here. I've probably taken a thousand photos. Who knows oh, what's going to be on them. Uh, <laughs> that's just yeah, that's how I shoot. I'm Honestly, more of a documenter I, than anything. I think it's kind of refreshing because, you know, my life in the studio, I'm definitely looking at every little um, aspect of the capture, and you're not even looking at it. You're just you're just capturing the moment, the moment moving yeah, on. So you're like, living in the moment. Yeah. You know? I, like, we had a really good time. Tomas told a really good story at the pool last night. Right. 
I want to get a photo that reminds me of that awesome story because most of the time I'll forget about it. So yeah, I, I was. So is, is some of your work breathe. going after um, memory triggers then? Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, I'd like to be that guy that when he's laying on his deathbed tells his grandson these stories that they're like, Grandpa, we don't believe that story. And I can show them photos and say, oh, yeah, well, here's the, right. here's the photos. Because <laughs> you're actually printing a lot. Are you printing a lot? Oh, I print every day. I every print day. Everything. All right, so let's go let's talk about yeah, your printing yeah. process. What do you, what do you print on? I print on the cheapest uh, uh, Canon. There's a theme printer. here. There's a theme here, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Cheap. As analog yeah. as possible and yeah. as cheap as possible. Yeah. So I uh, so my for my Gritty personal work, work I shoot on um, a small Olympic Epic stylus, pretty popular point and shoot camera. I have a couple of point and shoot cameras that I use. I scan myself on an Epson V750. Um, the f- I, I don't I don't develop my own film. Um, I send it to the lab. It's like five bucks a roll. I shoot about twenty rolls a week these days. Um, and then I print everything. Um, I have a small Canon Pixma Pro 100 that was I picked up for like 50 bucks after rebate, and I've probably I printed thousands of prints through it. And it's a great printer. What do you think your monthly printing costs? You know what? I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe like uh, probably under 100 bucks. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad for sure. I just print out these little five by sevens in my studio. I just always have a black wall with it's a magnet wall, and I'll just put up. 10 photos that I think look good together and maybe it'll turn into something maybe it doesn't have you ever seen Groovebook no I haven't uh, Groovebook I actually saw them on a Shark Tank episode okay so they invented this uh, book it's 100 photos from your phone and I think you pay 2 or three ninety nine per month so yeah. 3 bucks and they send you that 100 page book and it's got like a perforated edge so you can rip them out otherwise it's a flip book okay so it's three ninety nine a month and it's yeah like, and it became that cheap because they had to put a groove in the side of the book, so it was uh, a bendable book. Yeah. And then it was a flat rate. So those are those I'll are great. Check it out. I've been you collecting cool. those for a few years now, and it's cool. just an easy way. Like you get a hundred, you know, pictures on your phone. Yeah. You just hit upload, go to bed, and then a couple days later they show up. That's awesome. Since you shoot f- film, yeah. I know you scan everything, but do you ever work with any of the digital or with any of the darkroom processes? Do you have a darkroom or go, ever go into one? Yeah, I have. So uh, I have a couple friends in town, so I kind of hooked up with the local new film enthusiasts in Boulder. Boulder's not a very big town at all. Yeah. So finding the three guys who shoot film in Boulder is pretty <laughs> tough. Um, but uh, one guy, has a, a friend of mine, has a dark room set up in his house, so we'll go over there and make prints and have a good time. Um, there's also a community dark room in town. Um, cool. So make prints there. University of Colorado used to have a great dark room. I ran yeah. it for a long time. It was awesome. fun. You ran time. the dark room at Boulder? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the things I did in college. It was great. Is this before or after you had the uh, sawed-off Cadillac convertible? Uh, during the same time period. Same time yeah, period. So you were driving to this lab in your Cadillac with a sawed-off roof. Yeah, it had no roof. It, it had, had no been a permanent in the convertible. In the yeah, winter. but I wore a motorcycle helmet, and that kept kept my you head pick, warm I and kept the snow you off. In of overalls. No. Into the lab. No, no you overalls. You definitely wearing overalls. No, I was not That's wearing okay. overalls. Rob, it's okay. Don't run from Listen, your past. If Embrace I had a pair of Oshkosh Bagash on, I would, t- I would admit it. I'd own it. I'd wear it proudly and I'd own it, but it just didn't happen. Uh, you know? It was cool. Yeah, the, that, that was a great darkroom. It was a lot of fun. I'd like to... We, we need to do a printing tutorial, like a full-on deep printing tutorial. We should. I know a couple good people we can I pull know, in yeah, for that. you got to get those guys from Digital Silver Imaging. Don't know them. Uh, they do digital darkroom prints. So you send them a TIFF file or you yeah. send them a, a whatever, a digital file or a film scan, and they have this laser process where they do silver prints. They shoot it through a laser, and they make it like a, a darkroom print. 
Huh. Um, so you could take a digital photo. Um, they're based in, oh, I want to say they're based on the East Coast somewhere. Tennessee? No. It sounds expensive. You know what? It's not that at all, and the quality is amazing. If you right. like dig- a silver, silver print, print yeah. you're going to be blown away. Like I will, If I'm doing a really good black and white print, I'll always go there. Right. Wow. Yeah. I love silver print. They're really awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, you can get a big print for 30 bucks. So what is, what's next for Rob Temko? Any, any projects, any, uh, any long-term projects planned at the moment? No, I've kind of been going through my archives lately. So the, all those snapshots that I took back in 2001, 2003, I'm looking at them with a different eye and kind of working on editing a little bit more. Seeing how your eyes matured, going yeah. back and looking at the old photos. I used to think, oh, those are just gross snapshots. But <laughs> as as time goes on and they're things less age, they're a little <laughs> bit more interesting. gross snapshots. <laughs> so I just put together a series called Choppers when I was really big in the custom motorcycle scene and kind of the parties surrounding that and all the oh, events cool. surrounding that. I'm kind of working on putting together a collection of photos from that. Sounds like the uh, book Sandro did. Mm-hmm. The American Bike. Yeah, American similar to that. Yeah. So your dad growing up, your dad was a biker, yeah? Yep. Oh, yeah. So still you had is. a biker culture. Yep. So he still rides. Yep, still rides. And he, he originally... You're in New Jersey, but now Boulder, yeah. Yeah, okay. correct. So he's still back there. He's you get still to see there. Him? You still get to see him a lot? I do, every once in a while. Every once in a while? Yeah, he's coming out for Thanksgiving. All right. Yeah. Out to Boulder. Yeah. Hosting things. I actually have his camera. So he always had... My mom bought him an SLR when he, uh, right before I was born. And uh, he'd always take photos, just documenting things. No photographic guy whatsoever, but just documented everything. Probably took thousands of photos. And a couple of months ago... I'm like, oh, I wonder what camera he used to take these photos. And I was looking through some old photos, and I saw a box up on the bookshelf in the background. And it was like a Minolta, you know, basic film SLR. So that's the camera he had. Right. So I started Googling around, like, I want to buy that camera. I'm a big nostalgia guy, obviously. Um, so I was going to buy this camera. You know, it was like 100 bucks or whatever. And then my wife was back home staying with my dad, and he's like, oh, I still have it. It's mint in the, in the box in the closet. He's like, I'll just send it home. So now I have that camera. Cool. So I want to kind of do a project with that, uh, maybe with my son. Um, see how that goes. Find all the photos of you and then right, recreate, recreate them. them exactly. Yeah. Have, you, have you gone through some of your dad's photos? I do, yeah. So I had the job of scanning them all, which is kind of interesting. Oh, wow, that's that's kind of what convinced yeah. me to go through and, and look at my old photos uh, and kind of put them all together and um, see how similar they were and kind of compare them. Did you see the article that Pratik published, I think, earlier this week? Someone went around and recreated the exact photos in the exact location of this pretty well-known travel photographer. Really? No. Went around to, like, tons of countries and recreated the... So ripped off the idea, ripped off the location, Wait, ripped and off it, the model. Pre- presenting it, them as and, their own? Yeah, and even the fucking... Like, they propped the pillows out in the same location. You gotta wow. be kidding. The creepiest shit ever, right? That is creepy. <laughs> I'm kind of left speechless yeah, by that. I think this you is person go to, think they're going to get away his, with this? Uh, I think it's retouches.net, just off the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, he found it and put them side by side. And I was just like, well, that's, that's crazy. That's next level that. creepy. Yeah. And that's you got I mean, that's really expensive to do, too. It's not just like, yeah, you can't do that money. from your mom's basement. This person's dedicated. Hmm. Well, look how dedicated Sandro was to do the John Malkovich recreations. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. And he's still, you know. He's going back to Papua New Guinea for a third time. Uh, wow. He's still not done. He thought he was going to do it in one. And then we were there. He's like, nope, we're going to come back and explore. And I'm like, I do not have that, that those patients. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's dedication. It's oh, dedication. But that's also sometimes where the best work comes from when you're working on a project very long term. And it gives yeah. you an opportunity to analyze it, which is kind of what you're doing, going back, looking at the yeah. images that you took 10 years ago, 
kind of assessing them with a new eye is going to help your eye develop even further as yeah. you go forward. I'd say one of my bigger inspirations is uh, there's this woman, Paula, who was a staff photographer for Easy Rider magazine back in the 80s. Is um, that still around? She shot, yeah, yeah, it's still around. I think she was, or one of those, mag one of those biker magazines. And yeah. She pretty much documented the entire East Coast biker lifestyle for like 15 years. Wow. Um, nothing just with a Canon A1 and some cheap black and white film, but she's taken 30, 40,000 photos as a someone who is in right. the scene, not from an outsider perspective. And she's just starting putting her archives on Facebook. And I flip through and I see a picture of me as a, like a two-year-old in there. Oh, and, seriously? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She, she'll put like 100 new photos on and I'll go through them and I'll be like, oh, that's me or oh, that's my dad. That's really cool. And uh, those photos are like... Um, I don't know. I love seeing. Maybe, maybe I remember that. You know, Out of I curiosity, that, like, is, so. her, is her perspective kind of from the back of the bike? Was she was she driving a bike? Was she on the back of a bike? Like, what was her perspective in the culture? Pre pretty much, uh, just in it as yeah. like a woman in that culture. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of nudity there, a lot of grittiness, a lot of fun, drunken antics, yeah. uh, a lot of motorcycles. <laughs> How many kids were in that culture? Uh, you know, like were you one of a bunch or were you one? Yeah, of Yeah, so she just, just did couple? this series uh, that was like a growing up in the biker culture or something, and she she went through her archives and she kind of puts together these little vignettes, and uh, yeah, there was like a dozen of us. Uh, I'm not sure where a lot. I, I talked to a couple of them now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know where where a lot of They've those other people out. are. Yeah. That's cool. I don't have that many. The, my my parents definitely did not take a lot of photos growing up. So like there no, are either. very limited amount of photos of uh, me and my siblings. So it's gonna be cool when. Ayla gets to be my age to yeah. have just a bajillion photos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, my kids are so well documented. I'm yeah. so, I'm a little weird about that. My wife takes a ton of photos and she takes way better photos of my kid than I did. But I wanted to do something special that wasn't just the regular snapping 100 photos of my kid with the cell phone. So when my kid was born, I did a project called 50, I called it 52 rolls. A roll of film a week, same camera, same film for an entire year. 36 shots a week and those are the only photos I took of my kid for the first year were just from one roll of film a week oh, and at nice. the end of the year cool. I put together a, and I did all the scanning all developing myself and put together a book uh, for oh, the family that's, that's that was awesome. like I yeah. got like 52 photos in the book that's awesome um, so yeah that was a fun project so I'll put it in a box with the camera and then when if my kid ever gets interested in photography which he already is it, I'll give him has that he when broken he's like seven cameras now? He has, but he's he's shooting this Olympus Tough TG4 camera now, and I broke it more than he broke it. So, <laughs> but it's pretty indestructible. Yeah, you're at the end of camera two already at this trip, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all right, you know. What's what what's been your favorite memory so far of this trip? Of this trip? We're we're on the last day. We're headed to Gilligan's, uh, a lagoon. I don't know where we're going exactly. Man, it feels like we've almost been here forever. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, I, yesterday was pretty awesome. Just hanging out on that little beach and going swimming in those crazy waters. Yeah. That was kind I'm of looking fun. forking forward to that group that group photo rub. I think you up. need I think you need to do a little zine for us at the end of this yeah, trip. Like, yeah, for sure. Do I'm an big edit on of the making zines. I don't know why so many people do, don't print their work and don't make zines. I mean, it, it's so cheap to do. I could print 100 zines for 300 bucks that are great quality. Um, yeah. I do it all the time. We'll have to make a big uh, Dropbox folder for everyone. Yeah, for to, sure. Yeah, that'd be cool. To add their images too. Yeah, maybe we get an actual book printed. How yeah. many books have you actually printed? Um, 
I think about four now. Four. Yeah. What do you? Who do you use? Where do you go to get it? I started out just like everybody else using Blurb, and then a lot of my other friends. Uh, I have a good friend, Joe Aguirre, who's a big zine guy, and he was just like, "Yeah, you should make a zine. So they're cheaper." And you know, I, the way I feel is like a lot of the photos that I take aren't. They don't. They're not presented well in high quality books, right? They're zines, yeah, snapshot yeah. stuff. And so, yeah, I just started printing zines. Um, going I, First, I went through this place in San Diego, and now I go through a local printer, and they're super cheap and super great quality. Nice. Well, shall, shall we wrap it yeah, up? Yeah, I think Ryan? we shall. I think this has really been an interesting conversation. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I, I really like about Rob, your perspective in the world of photography is different. So I really encourage our, our audience to go out and take a look at your work. Um, if they don't know who you are, they should, because uh, we love what you're doing. Don't send me any hate mail. No, send him hate mail so he does another <laughs> another zine from it. Well, maybe we can start a love mail. Love uh, mail. Because tell yeah, people the situation. Do that. You know, and then next year you come out with like the, the positive version, and we balance the whole equation. Right. Out. Yeah. Tell people again where you want them to go find your images. Uh, Rob Timko on everything. R O B T I M K O, and that's Instagram, Tumblr, um, Snapchat. I'm I'm mostly on Snapchat these days, and my work is mostly on Tumblr these days. And do you do you save the stuff from Snapchat or is it just a once in a while forever? I do yeah. yeah I've been starting to save them a little bit but yeah. I always forget to save them and it's just like poof, gone never happened but that's but fine that's the that's the great that's part the about Snapchat, Snapchat. Yeah. yeah it's great yeah. that way yeah has to be really good for you to save it so all right well thank you for the conversation well, thank you thank Rob. you for having yeah. me in this car all right <laughs> well to Gilligan's to Gilligan's. Well, that's all she wrote for this one. Thanks for listening. Now get out of here and start shooting. This podcast is officially over. Over and out. Catch you next time, dude. RGGEDU. They're goddamn workhorses.